Welcome to the Spurs Brothers Podcast, where we take a not-so-in-depth look at all things Tottenham. Cruising along pretty good. We've made it to episode 9 already. Hiltangai Urendambele. I'm not sure it makes sense, but I think it's the perfect episode for this week. It was a show. It was a it was a spectacle. I he the fact that managers throw a fit with him blows my mind. Just let him do whatever he wants because he's that good. Is he outside your room for improvement, Sam? Well, what is a room for improvement this week? I, I it was kind of a blast to watch, but yeah, we'll look into the room for improvement after we cover some team news and just the one game in the Premier League at Newcastle. Uh, we'll go into that here in just a little bit. Talking about that team news, we do have a lot to talk about with the international break that we just finished off. Let's throw out a quick congratulations to Hugo Lloris, who won yet another trophy with the French national team wearing that captain's armband in goal. Some pretty incredible saves along the way as well, especially in that final. Absolutely. Alongside that international break good news, we had a lot of players coming back from international travel with a little bit of bad news that turned out to be okay there was yeah there was a quick scare there i think two players were tested positive for covid i'm obviously not going to disclose those players names but yeah it turns out to be a false positive test so whoever for they both might of have them. been were were certainly available for the for the newcastle game that was kind of a quick little bright spot of news for sure it was a little bit of a scare but glad it didn't end up affecting anything those players are okay to play and okay for game time The other big news has been going on and is quite relevant for Spurs, given that our game this week was against Newcastle United, is the takeover that's kind of rocked the Premier League. Saudi Arabia, or really the public investment fund for the Saudi Arabian government, has bought as a major investor Newcastle United from their previous owner, Mike Ashley, which is sort of a huge deal in any number of ways. One, it's just another ultra-rich owner within the Premier League that can splash unreasonable amounts of money on their team, sort of in the way that Chelsea and Manchester City do. It's hardly another. I think this is really launching Newcastle into a whole new stratosphere in terms of the amount of money that they can throw around. Oh, in terms of the the public investment fund for Saudi Arabia is an order of magnitude richer than than the Qatari owners of Manchester City or Roman or Bremen City or Chelsea. Exactly. It's pretty remarkable, the amount of money that they have. And I think what else is pretty remarkable is how controversial this is, and I think for good reason. The public investment fund is an investment of the public monies of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which is controlled by Mohammed bin Salman, sort of the prince and de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia. And it's argued quite a bit about whether or not he's directly in control of the public investment fund, as you might imagine, or if there's any separation there whatsoever. But Saudi Arabia as a country right now is not exactly who you would want to be the owner of your team. It's strange to have a, you know, a country that owns a football club, but stranger still. Diff- and difficult association with, uh, with some of their track history, yeah. The human rights abuses of Saudi Arabia have been terrible for a long time, but especially in recent years, you can talk about the murder of... American-based journalist Jamal Khashoggi, 
or the blockade and the proxy war in Yemen that Saudi Arabia keeps going on, that civil war, which has seen tens of millions of people in the country of Yemen go without food and water on top of, you know, the actual violence from the war. Aside from that, it's a country that has a history of denying women rights and being brutal in response to LGBTQ rights. So it's kind of a horrible place if you wanted to find a troubling government to run your soccer club, which is just kind of everything. And this is a bit of sports washing where, you know, troubling countries try to get people to ignore those human rights abuses because they might win a trophy by spending a bunch of money exactly. on a football team. It's kind of a disgusting thing that that it keeps happening. And it's 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 this is really, though, a, a new level of it. And the, and the footballers really have no choice but to concentrate on their football, to be honest. Yeah. You can't blame, you know, you can't blame the footballers. You can't blame most of the people within the team. And you, you it's hard to even blame the fans who want to continue to support their football club, even if they're not comfortable with the new ownership. Although, you know, I think this weekend we got to see lots of people dressing up as Mohammed bin Salman, who are worryingly comfortable with that type of ownership, which is not exactly what you want to see. But, you know, football fans may or may not be paying attention to world politics and what other governments are doing. Yeah. So well, I know that Tottenham, I think, are among some other clubs in the Premier League who've really come out publicly to oppose this sale. I think Tottenham um, have led the charge, but to... every club has spoken up publicly against it. Yeah. Some other news, strangely, about ownership is that Enoch, which is the group that owns Tottenham Hotspur, are considering buying another football club. Not, of course, in the Premier League, but in the Belgian league. Standard de Leige is the, I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sure, the Belgian team that they're considering investing in. It'd be kind, kind of, of a odd, cool I thing. Think. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's strange. It's, you know, some fans are not happy with Enoch as the current ownership of Tottenham Hotspur, but it would be kind of cool to have a sister club. You see it quite a bit with, you know, Manchester City and New York City FC are both owned by the same ownership group. You also see all of the Red Bull teams in Austria, Red Bull Salzburg. You see RB Leipzig in Germany, as well as New York right. Red Bulls. So it, it would be kind of cool to have some of that. And the advantages that we get to see those clubs having in terms of swapping managers and swapping players, who knows? Switching gears, though, to the other news that we've got to cover, which is uh, a little bit of unfortunate news. Tottenham women, who had had a perfect start to the Women's Super League season, played Brighton a week ago, and that perfect start is no longer the case. There were two goals from Brighton and two yellow cards for Rachel Williams, who scored a lot of Tottenham women's goals so far this season. That certainly doesn't help, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't help one bit. And it was a late kick Graham goal for Tottenham Hotspur to make it 2-1, but that was too little too late. And there goes our perfect start to the season, but hopefully those Spurs women can keep on and get a win in the next one. I imagine they will, yeah. I'm hoping that they'll have a very promising season. It's kind of fun to see them take this new season with by storm. Really going for it, yeah. Getting then towards the main game, which was the more recent clash at Newcastle United for Tottenham Hotspur, which was a game that Spurs really wanted to get after, considering we just got that win before the international break against Austin Villa, and Newcastle had been really one of the worst teams in the league so far this season, and you're with kind the of joint worst a, defensive record. 
And you're kind of seeing it as an opportunity to jump up this table, I think, all the way up into fifth or fourth place, depending on how the games would go. But, yeah, we, we needed a W here. And as the game started, it didn't start exactly in that direction with just two minutes into the game. Newcastle, with a raucous crowd, got the goal from Callum Wilson. Yeah, phenomenal striker. And they're, they're the, I mean, the stadium was ignited i think even an hour before the match kicked off i think there was a lot of excitement around the ownership around the potential future i think for the newcastle club to become a mainstay in in the premier league again really i think like a a contender because they've had some of the greats play play there over the years so not how you want it to start for spurs a little bit of a mistake in the build-up from emerson royale that you had to point out to me sam because i missed that early moment and really, honestly, a great run from Callum Wilson, his movement in the box, getting right behind Kuti. I wouldn't even blame Romero for letting him go just because sometimes Hardly. when the cross is perfect and the movement from the striker is perfect, there's not really a lot you could do as a defender. It was a great, yeah, it was a great movement from Callum Wilson. It really is a class striker. And it's tough when you go down and when the crowd is into it and the team is into it to come back. But Tottenham eventually got into the game, started to control possession, and thankfully we didn't have to wait all of that long, just another 15 Magic. minutes after that goal, before Regulon found Tangi and Dombele just at the edge of the box, and he wasted no time trying to break a hole in the net with how he Dude, took crushed that one up for 90. his own hands, Ben, which Absolutely. can happen. I think you and I have known this, this potential and possibility forever, and it's just to see it come to fruition felt so incredibly good and to you know to level us again so quickly i think was a huge relief because i was getting a little worried there for a minute we definitely needed that goal and he finished it emphatically and we didn't let up after that either which is nice to see we didn't sort of take a breath we just kept going and kane got his first premier league goal the season not long after that although it looked like everyone thought it was offside even kane i think was smiling sort of joking about it until a VAR review decided he was on side and gave us the goal to a delayed celebration. The fact that we had a VAR decision go our way was just just I mind blowing. <laughs> I didn't understand he, it. I didn't. It seen how clear it was. He was one hundred percent on side. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent easy, easy call. But the fact that VAR had to make this call and, and overturn the onsides or the yeah, offsides right. that was called on the pitch. I was, did not have very high hopes. The flag did go up, which is why everyone thought he was offside, but sure enough. And we almost made it three not long after that with Lucas getting, I don't know how he wins as many headers as he does, but on a corner kick, he Kids thumped a header off the crossbar and just inches away from taking a 3-1 lead in the first half, which is pretty awesome to see. And then just a sort of a scary moment after that, before Spurs would eventually take a 3-1 lead. Moments before halftime, on another uh, corner kick for Spurs, Sergio Regulon came running up to the referee from halfway across the field to try and get him to stop the play. And the referee would stop the play. We saw Eric Dyer then sprinting to the sidelines, to the bench, to try and get a team physio to run over with the EKG machine. And sure enough, it was a fan. Fortunately, it was not one of the players. I don't know if that's fortunate, but after the horrific scenes in the Euros where Christian Eriksen fell down yeah. with a cardiac arrest. It's not something you could ever wish, but even it's true it can happen to fans, which is just what happened, and Sergio Regulon noticed it. In his post-match interview, he mentioned that he could see a fan lying down and another fan giving that person chest compressions, which is what, you know, 
scared him and got him to stop, get the referee's attention and stop the play. Both teams, you know, halted play there. Nobody knew exactly what was going on, only to really give time and space and energy for the for the medics that are thankfully on site. And thankfully, I think it wasn't until 2012 that the defibrillators are actually required for, you know, for every Premier League match, which, you know, might have taken a longer than it should have. But yeah, I was glad to see the, the fans in the stadium start clapping as, as this person, the fan, was, you know, kind of escorted down and seemed like everything might be okay with some Taken time. Taken to the hospital. They are okay, yeah. Indeed, which was scary. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tough to, you know, just carry on with your football. I know getting into the rhythm of, of playing again would, would help. But, um, yeah, good on you Spurs boys for, for calling that out and calling a halt to this game. Absolute heroes for noticing it. I mean, you know, Eric Dyer acted quickly and almost shoved the physio across the field. It was to, incredible. To get him over there with the defibrillator. And and Regulon for noticing it in the first place and doing something about it was pretty miraculous and awesome that the, the fan is okay. And eventually play did resume. It took about a 10-minute break before the players came back out and warmed up. And then maybe what might have been the moment of the game in terms of a brilliant bit of Build team up. play. Oh, brilliant. I think Tangai yeah. holding it up initially to get a give and go with Lucas, who made a great run getting by a defender. He put Kane in behind, and Kane unselfishly saw Hungman's son wide open at the back post and slided it towards him for the for son to get his goal. Yeah, well said. It was unselfish because I think Kane could definitely have had a look there, but the blatantly obvious decision was to play that across the face to to Sonny, who was, who was open, and I just love seeing that combination take off again this they, season. Yeah, they're one shy of the Premier League record for the most combined goals and assists. Wow. Which is currently held by Frank Lampard and Didier Drogba of Chelsea. How I incredible. think they're going to take that pretty easily. I feel pretty comfortable that they will, yeah. And, man, it's, I mean, you mentioned it too, but absolutely vital from Tanga and Dembele again to really take it, take the ball through the press, to progress the ball, to get the ball forward. He had to be involved in this in this goal as well again, and it's just yeah, great play, great build up play from the team and Tang you know maybe doing that, taking it to the next level to to push on made the difference. Well, speaking of Tang taking it to the next level, I think the the most important part of the game later on in the second half came after John Joe Shelby came on as a sub for Newcastle. Of course, there's never a dull moment with that <laughs> character, but it was Tangai's brilliance deep in our own half, really in our corner of the field when we were pinned in with a throw-in, to just about juggle two players and then dribble around John Joe Shelby. With a nutmeg in there. Down. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. He just, it was just, they couldn't touch him. For the, for about a 30 to 40 second period, the ball was glued to Tangai's foot and would do whatever he wanted to, it's even a, if it seemed impossible. It's a fucking wizard, Ben. It was the only thing they could do just to hack him down, to stop him from just taking it all the way, dribbling every single Newcastle player. It was so incredible to see. It's magic. Magic. That would be John Joe Shelby's first yellow card. And just a few minutes later, Spurs worked it out of our own end for a corner kick, cleared the ball to Sonny, who found Regulon busting along to get up the field. John Joe Shelby found himself having to hack down Regulon to stop what probably would have been a goal. Really, and that was an obvious second yellow card for him. And just like that, he was sent off, and Newcastle looked down to ten men. I suppose they took advantage of it away with a bizarre kind of own goal. I think Eric it, Dyer kind of unfortunately nestled in a free kick from Newcastle towards the end. The atomic knee from Eric Dyer going side netting late on. It was uh, a weird goal. I feel bad for him. Yeah. 
He wanted to head it, but the ball was just too low for him. But I think Worst it's person for that to happen to because he's been just he's an been absolute good. rock in our defense, and I don't want this to shake his confidence. I don't want this to shake our confidence in him because he really is he really is the you know fifty percent of that best back two that I think that we have with that relationship with Kuti looking better and better. I just really agree with what you're saying, so I, I want to <laughs> emphasize it. I think it's worth saying though that that was really the only chance that Newcastle had throughout the whole second half to even put a shot on net so you know credit to spurs for continuing to dominate the match after going three nil up in the first half and not let in newcastle back into it i agree yeah and i and i saw nuno's uh after the game post game press conference you know mentioned that you know he's happy with our reaction to their early goal you know was was pleased with the play but you know what he really wanted was more goals he he said and i could see that in the team's play. I, I hope that that will be common with the you know with some of our tougher games as well. But you know, with a relatively defensive lineup, with a relatively lackluster you know statistical outlook from the first few games of the season, I, I really hope that he can instill in these boys that we need to continue going forward, even if we've got the lead. And time will tell. Love to see it though. Love to see that attitude. Jumping into the lineup, we started with Hugo Lloris, of course, in net. Sergio Reguilon as the left back and Eric Dyer next to him. We had Kuti alongside Eric Dyer, who I thought had a good game. Played really well. Again, like as you mentioned, they that partnership, you want to see, I think that's our best center back pairing right there, and you want to see I more agree. of it. And some consistent time together to play, you know, play alongside each other even more, I think will will help them take it to the next level, which could make us dangerous. I think so. And if you put Emerson next to them, who I think maybe had a mixed game. In this it one, took him some a minute to moments. get it to find his feet. Yeah, he Correct. started poorly, to be honest. But I thought he really stepped up to the plate, and he might have been gassed after a little while. But um, credit to him and Romero, o- overall decent, decent play. Yeah, they just got back from their international travel and had True. to jump right into a game. So I'll give him a little bit of credit for that. We had Skip, of course, anchoring the midfield. He's so important to our team, even if he's not all over the place. He made one or two he's good so tackles. Fucking good. It's it's we look dramatically better when he's on the field. He really is. He's such he's low key stardom. I would argue he's so good. He the way he can possess the ball, move the ball forward, take pressure off both defensively and he even honestly when we are in possession, I he works so hard and makes it look easy. I'm a huge fan of the kid. And he lets Hoiber get further up the field. I think Hoiber had an excellent game this time around. Agreed. Because he was doing a little bit of everything, all over box to box, rather so much than a than a holding midfielder when he's got skip next to him. So it's awesome to see. And ahead of those two, we had Ndombele to complete the midfield trio. Who you know, what more could Magic. you ask from him in a performance? Easy, easy. And got the full ninety minutes under his belt, which we haven't seen very often from Tanga Ndombele. So really good to see he that looked there. Good up until the end, you know. And uh, you know, technically everybody got the full ninety minutes because. No subs. Yeah, Nuno Espirito felt like making no subs whatsoever. I guess so. We had Son, Kane, and Lucas up top. Son and Kane, of course, got their goals. And I thought I thought Lucas had a good game as well, although it took him a little while to get into it. But he was just yeah. inches away from getting his and making his mark on the game as well. Played well also. And critical in the buildup for a couple of those goals. So, yeah, good on you. I suppose we'll jump into the room for improvement, although feels it was oddly unnecessary this week. But because it's fun... Outside the room for improvement, you know, arguable man of the match battle between Sergi Regulon and Tanga and Dembele. I'll just leave it at that. I, I would also 
probably keep Harry Kane outside. He got his first goal. He got the assist. A little bit of confidence coming his way. You and I know as Spurs fans that he's had a history of struggling to score goals in the month of September, so not a huge worry that he'd get off the mark, but exciting to see it happen and really pull into the guy. He played well. I mean, some of his hold up play, uh, you know, possession wise, but also his ability to play those, you know, cross field balls on a dime is is impressive. And for him to do that consistently is really really fun to watch. I know his game is kind of morphing and molding as he gets older and man, he plays at a really 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 high level. So we got to see a little bit to of keep Harry outside of the room for improvement. Especially after putting him inside, you know, for the last couple of weeks. I feel bad now, but he's pr- he's earned speaking it. of inside, he's earned it. Inside the room for improvement, I'm I'm gonna throw Royal in there just for the the slow start, and I think you and I both saw that he might have been gassed a little bit. Would have loved to see Jaffa Tanganga maybe come on and give him a little bit of relief. You gotta think Jaffa will start the, the international next game. break. Yeah, we're thinking so. Um, I Eric Dyer, not because he played poorly, but just for that own goal. It's just those little things that I'm not worried about, but that do technically happen. Room for improvement is is minute, but perhaps it's there and I just I feel for the guy and don't want this to knock his confidence because there's some really really good things happening with that center back pairing between Kuti and himself but that's I mean god we're stretching we're stretching I'd love to see Ugla Reese you know distribute a little bit better but I can't argue honestly put him into the room for improvement I'm, I'm gonna throw Nuno in there maybe for not making a sub but he gave us a dang. perfect starting lineup I would say so completely agree with you yeah but Quick and easy room for improvement this week. As we look ahead, we've got Vitesse, uh, Netherlands team, Dutch team that we play in the Conference League coming up on Thursday. It is an away trip. Huge, as is the next few games, I believe. I think we've got a a stretch of away games. We'll see West Ham, another London derby, a big one coming up this Sunday, this weekend. And then, uh, yeah, before we go to Burnley for the League Cup, which will be a huge, massive game as well. Three away trips, three different competitions. Coming in hot, coming in hot. We'll see what our boys can do, and man, I'm I'm feeling optimistic. I think uh, we're, if we have a little bit more time, we'll see more and more of this type of Spurs. These performances that we saw against Villa, and like this performance against Newcastle, where we're not perfect, but we're progressive. And I think there's a lot the Spurs team under Nuno can offer. We've got some massive games. I know Manchester United is coming up hot on this uh, Premier League schedule, so I know there's going to be some huge challenges, but. Let's build some momentum, build some confidence, and and go for it. We'll look forward to watching those games and chatting with them back here next week. And have a great time, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Spurs.